0: of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with Will. hey And the Professor Smoke.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: And this week, we will be discussing uh, certainly a, a classic, um, I guess cult, somewhat, um, horror classic, um, and it's got all the legends behind it, too. Uh, 1982 is Creep Show. It doesn't get much uh, much better than this in terms of like the people that that are involved and uh what came out of it. Um,
1: absolutely yep.
0: yeah i mean you got george romero you got stephen king you got tom savini uh and a handful of well-known uh actors and actresses in this movie so it's it's a uh, it's a nice time capsule of horror
2: will is this have you seen this before no it's the first time i saw
0: it really because yep. um, I don't remember whether we addressed that or not in the last episode. But yeah, so I figured at some point you would have seen it. But uh, Smoke, of course, I know this is the first time you've seen
1: it. What was this word? Oh, creepy. Yeah, I kind of heard a little bit of something about it. <laughs> <laughs> at some point in the last a- <laughs> forty years. Yeah, this is actually the uh, the first movie that we're doing, uh, probably one of my absolute... I, I, I pretty much could say my favorite director in the horror genre, uh, George Romero. So. Yeah, so that's right. You know, we, have,
0: we haven't done any uh, George Romero movies yet. Yeah, that's right. Has uh, he done anything besides this? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> okay. He, he was just a, a one-time hit wonder uh little, little indie horror guy that, you know, never heard of again.
2: Oh, well. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he had this one. <laughs>
2: I've, I've never been to a private screening of a, of a, of a, of a movie where he was doing q and A. Q&A. No. Yeah, where,
0: where he was actually in attendance, not on the Yeah, we went and saw what was that we saw where he was when uh,
2: he uh, Dawn of the Dead and the Crazies. Yeah, the
0: Crazies. That, I couldn't think of the first one. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, the so Crazies. I
1: got, got then to then see then. that whenever I moved from Charlotte because that that was the year I forget. I think it was either 2010 or 11, right? Or maybe 2011. Somewhere in there, anyways. Somewhere I just moved now. out of Charlotte when that happened. I'm like, really serious. Yeah. I just moved, and it's happened. <laughs> I mean, I had I did get a chance to meet him. Again, like at a mad monster party in Charlotte here a few years back. Nicest guy you could ever hope to meet. Yeah, that,
0: that was pretty cool, but didn't he like have to bail or something halfway through it? There was something.
2: Yeah, uh, it was he, he had was just got approval else. and apparently had to immediately start uh, uh, filming Diary of the Dead. Yeah, that's what it was. Ah, yep. Yeah. But he basically had to bail
0: like midstream.
2: Yeah, I think like he like immediately left and went straight wow. to Canada.
0: That was still pretty cool, though, to be able to uh, watch both those movies on the big screen and, you know, and in uh, and a crowd that obviously loved it, you know, loves that stuff and everything and have him there. And that was that was a cool experience, especially now that he is uh, he's no longer with us. So that makes it even more, you know, a little more special, you know, don't
2: Where worry, everyone, he'll you know? come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyways yeah so we're uh watching the this week we're uh going to be discussing the rare collaboration between some uh horror greats here with uh romero king tom Savini, and a handful of others so back to what i was saying will uh, so this is the, la- the first time you've seen it mm-hmm. um what did you think of your initial thoughts of this
2: uh, It had a lot of famous people in it
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: smoke
1: back to you <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I, I, of course, I didn't see I was I would have been too young to see this in the theater. I guess my first experience seeing it was, it had to have been one of the movie channels, probably HBO or or something before, because it was also, I remember it came out in what, '82. Not sure when it probably hit the movie channels, but we didn't have a VCR until probably '83 or '4 or so. So I know I probably saw it on one of the movie channels first. And, yeah, uh, this,
0: this was released in theaters November 12th of 1982. So I would imagine it was probably back then, you know, how it took longer. I'm sure yeah. it was eighty, mid to late 83, maybe even early 84 by the time it hit, you know,
1: like uh, HBO. Videotapes. Or, yeah, 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 Or, or uh,
0: movie yeah. channels, yeah.
1: I saw it, was uh, pretty much blown away by it as, you know, and being a kid when I saw it too, was just the whole comic book aspect of it I thought it was cool back then too. Yeah. And that right. you know, scared the shit out of me. The actual, the crate scene, the, the crate segment. Scaring me as a kid, of course.
0: (laughs) I don't see why it would. I mean, oh yeah, (laughs) it's not a small Yeti type beast eating people (laughs) alive. (laughs) I don't see why that'd scare a young child at all.
1: (laughs) And I mean, actually, all of those segments, as you know, are pretty pretty creepy as a kid. And uh, even though as an adult, you can see the the crate episode is a, I think it still holds water pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I was myself. I was pretty young when I saw this. I, but I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it was like the made-for-TV version. You know, like... Oh, okay. yeah. Saturday matinee, you know, ver, uh, made-for-TV version that was edited all to pieces. But, mm. um, yeah, I remember a few of those segments creeping me out when I was a kid. I'm blanking on the name of the segments all of a sudden. The, the, when the tide rolls in on the...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, with the... Uh, uh, with,
0: something that tied you over. That something segment. tied you over Ted, with Ted, Ted Danson Danson and Leslie... Mm-hmm. But now, looking back on it, it's like, you know, you got two comedy guys... Oh yeah, this segment. But when I was a little kid watching it, you know, it creeped me the hell out. You know, yep. And of course the uh, uh, the first segment, uh, Father's Day.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Where's my cake, <laughs> Bedelia? That <laughs>
1: where's my that cake, you
0: Yeah, that scared the shit out of yeah. me when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, and, and then, then slamming that cane and everything into the table.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but overall, I think you know, you know, just our first uh, initial uh, viewing of it here, or our first initial reactions. I'm sorry, I think we all enjoyed it. Um, so, I guess uh, before we go any further, here's the trailer for 1982's Creep Show.
3: Coming soon <laughs> Jolting Tales of Horror. Creep Show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. And the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, you'll scream at ghastly ghouls, cringe at weird kids, and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Vero. Creep Show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps.
0: No, this is going to be an entirely new experience.
3: Creep Show, the most fun you'll ever have being scared.
0: And that was the trailer for Creep Show. So I guess uh, you know, before we go any before we go into any of the uh, the background or you know going to the uh, ins and outs of the movie, uh, you guys been up to? Have you seen anything lately? Been up to anything interesting
2: lately? Uh, Will I got to go see uh, it? Chapter two, I guess, or the end. However mm-hmm. they're phrasing it now. I thought think it's it was pretty it good. Chapter two. Yeah. yeah, thought it was pretty good. I went to an uncomfortable theater to see it, but past that, it was it was good.
0: We just talked about it, Chapter one, in the, uh, in the last episode. So, uh, Smoke, did you get a chance to see it?
1: I did. I did get to see it. And, uh,
0: so I'm We saw it at the Comfortable Theater,
1: but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but,
1: I don't know. Did you see it in at Bush River, Willie? Uh, no, we,
2: uh, at, we went to uh, Park Terrace. Oh, okay. They had, uh, yeah, they had just updated that to uh, AMC. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, it,
0: that's like an older, uh, theater here in Charlotte that, uh, used to be like a mom and pop type joint and it closed down. And they reopened it as like an AMC classic.
2: Yeah, except, uh, when they when they put in all the new stuff, they put in the the narrowest seats in any theater. Uh, <laughs> the leg rests were made out of solid rock,
3: uh, <laughs> and
2: that that added up to a really fun three hour watch. That
0: might that, that might have something to do with the fact that the theater is like over fifty, sixty years old, something like that. So maybe there was only so much they could do in the remodel.
2: Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think all those chairs were new. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just I'm thinking of space. Maybe they only had so much space to work with, so they had to get shitty chairs or something. I don't know. (laughs) Look, I own stock in the theater. All right, leave me alone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did have one over here that I forget what it was before. It was an older theater, but they AMC did buy it and remodel it. But they did put in those you know the recliner seating, and they made one of the theaters a prime. I don't know if. I'm sure y'all been in a theater that's had the prime seating, right, where it's like rumble seats. And, oh you no, know, we've uh, never been in one of
2: those. We have, uh,
0: uh, I think it's the Regal. It's one of the Regal theaters here in Charlotte that has that, but I haven't seen a movie with that oh, yet. Okay.
1: yeah, that's pretty cool. It, it's, it, we we have the. I mean, of course it's extra. You know, we do that AMC membership thing where you pay twenty dollars a a month and you get to see three movies a week, and mm-hmm. they don't put any stipulations on whether it's a 3D movie. Or you know, prime seating or IMAX. Although, unfortunately, we don't have an AMC IMAX theater mm-hmm. where I'm at, but they do have the prime, and that's pretty cool. Especially if you don't have to pay the extra for it. You know, it's recliner seating, and it's got the uh, rumble. Anytime there's like a bass, you know, type scene, an action scene, or whatever, the seat rumbles. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I
0: I intend on trying to take advantage of that one of these days when I can actually get out and see more movies on the regular oh, yeah. again. I'd like yeah. to get, like, one of those AMC passes or the Regal passes, you know, where you can go to the movies basically like, every day, right?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we started out with that movie pass, of course, whenever that. Basically, not when it first started, because I know movie pass was, like, pretty expensive when it first started, and it was kind of a select thing where you really had to be seeing a lot of movies to take advantage of it. Then they, of course, it dropped down to, like, what, $10, I think, at its lowest point, mm. lowest, you know, price point, and then everybody jumped on it, and then that's when everything blew up, and, and yeah. they started having all those issues and everything. So, yep.
0: I had it for a time, right? basically, right then when everybody was jumping on it and kind of yeah. screwed the pooch. But, you know, yeah. news, ju- news just recently broke out about that uh, they're shutting it down. Yeah,
1: it's that's done what done I live. heard, too.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. as of, like, mid-September, it's done.
1: Yeah, we jumped so, off right. that boat a little while back. Once all that stuff started happening, then we, then we found out about the AMC. We're well, it's, it's, it's
0: placed in history. It's solidified and that it changed oh, yeah. uh, Regal and AMC and these other theaters. Mm-hmm. changed their business model and made them, you know... They may not have done it the correct way, but now these other companies have, you know, stepped in and had their yeah. own deal. So,
1: yeah,
0: it'll hold its own little special uh, footnote in history, in movie history, yeah. I guess, if nothing else. So, will, other than it Chapter Two, have you seen anything else lately? Or oh, well,
2: that's about that's about it. Yeah,
1: Smoke you? No, we didn't have hadn't had a whole lot of time, unfortunately, for the for too much movie watching. So, yeah, I was just it Chapter Two that I can think of in recent memory since the last that, time we chatted. In
0: the same here except i haven't been able to watch it chapter two uh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get a chance to i didn't even get a chance to go see that yet although i will uh, so anything else to add before we uh start diving into the background and the ins and outs
1: i think we're up to date now right although i think i, I, I may have mentioned it in one of the other episodes i did see scary stories to tell in the dark I might have mentioned that on one of the other episodes i can't remember now. i think so yeah that, that was good if i did yeah. mention it that was good the,
0: the turnaround on these things as far as like when they're shown in the theaters, to. Uh, you know, being released digitally or on Blu-ray, they're pretty quick now. So I'm sure yeah. they will be coming out sometime between, probably between now and Halloween.
1: Yeah, that's um, the other thing I was I was mentioning. I was talking to somebody about that too. Was uh, I almost missed the old school days of <laughs> even though I mean, like it's pretty cool. The stuff turns around pretty fast. It seemed like you know, you see it at the theater if it's something you really like, you're kind of waiting a little while, and you finally get the you know home video release comes out. Like I said, back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, or even not even not not even that you know far back really. Uh, even in the days like when Blu-ray Blu-ray first hit, you know, before streaming was as huge as it was, mm-hmm. still had that waiting period there before you get it, you know, on on video or whatever on streaming.
0: Yeah, they definitely. I mean, unless it's a really big, big, huge hit, they seem to kind of you know, like say uh, Avengers: Endgame or whatever. They seem to wait a little bit longer for those. I True, guess because yeah. they probably play in theaters longer. But yeah. the smaller the smaller movies, they usually have what generally less than a month run in theaters, and then. A month or two later, it'll be on uh, digital or Blu-ray. So,
1: oh, and in some cases, they almost come out simultaneously. <laughs>
0: yeah, <there's> so, yeah, <laughs> some of the smaller releases, they definitely do. <laughs> Hell, some of them even have like a, a simultaneous, like you could rent it on VOD, yeah, or you can go to the theater and see it for a week yeah. or two, and then you know, and then that's it. But, but, anyways, uh, so yeah, there's that. So, uh, I guess without any further ado, we'll go into the the ins and outs of uh, 1982's Creep Show. Um, Creep Show was released November 12th, 1982, by Laurel Entertainment and was distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, its total runtime is two hours, pretty much two hours flat, really, maybe a few seconds. Surprise, surprise, it was rated R, and it had a budget of $8 million, and best I can tell, it grossed about $21 million. Yeah, that was like the cumulative worldwide gross. And that opening, and it opened uh, November 14th, 1982, that opening weekend, it made $5.8 million. So it had a pretty good opening for uh, you know, 1982, it sounds, you know, I, I didn't pull up all the comparisons and everything, but that sounds like it's a halfway decent opening.
1: I'm pretty sure it was uh, George Romero's most successful film, too, as far as financially, you know, his biggest film up to that day. Pretty sure it was his most financially, you know, box office success than any other one that he did.
2: Yeah, I thought I saw somewhere that it was like his first number one movie or something mm-hmm. like that. You mean the week that it came out? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I, I didn't uh, go too uh, far into the uh, research on that, but that sounds about right.
2: Yeah, and no, I found it right here. It was George Romero's first number one film at the boxed office.
0: But then again, I mean, like, up to this point, he uh, what had he, what had come out at this point, Smoke, you know, around this time. Uh, at period? this
1: point, it would have been, of course, you know, his first one, Nine of the Living Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a couple of, like, really low-budget, independent ones that really didn't even see much distribution. I think, like, the uh, one that's called There's Always Vanilla, which is a, not even a horror movie. It's a drama. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was Martin. That was, I don't know if y'all have seen that one. That was a Love that one. I think that was a pretty underrated one. Mm-hmm. Uh, vampire-related type movie. And then uh, Dawn of the Dead. And I believe Night Riders. Y'all heard of that one? That was, mm-hmm. that was also another one, uh, kind of a personal favorite, which is uh, Savini also kind of has a starring role in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as well as Ed Harris, who was in Creepshow. Yeah. You know, it.
2: What about uh, David Hasselhoff?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, don't, I don't know if he was a thing yet.
1: He might no, no. I don't think he was yet, yeah. quite yet. But he would have been in there if he was, you know. <laughs> Kit? No, no, no. Oh, no, but they did—they did have jousting, you know, motorcycle riders. Movie kind of much is like a sort of a Renaissance festival type thing, where, <laughs> where they're the you know, medieval, you know, type stuff but they're on motorcycles. sounds weird. Turkey legs. When you're you're trying to tell somebody, like, you know, yeah, it's really a cool movie. You know, know, riding around on motorcycles, jousting and fighting all this stuff. It really is a cool movie, though.
2: (laughs) Do they joust Uh, with turkey legs? That's all I (laughs) want to (laughs) know.
1: That reminds me. This is totally off point. Nobody else outside the Charlotte area would even care or know, but I I need to get back up there for the Renaissance Festival at some point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, when it's come, it's here for, like, months. That's
1: right
0: you got like a month and a half to uh, bring it on up. Hell, maybe even two months almost. Um, yeah, the particular week, uh, get back to the numbers, the particular weekend it came out, it was number one that week. It made 5.8 in opening weekend, and it beat out fir- uh, First Blood, Rambo First Blood, uh, which that movie had been out for uh, four weeks at that point. It made 3.6 million. Number three, that, that week, E.T. was in its 23rd week. So basically what, wow. the sixth month of being out. <laughs> and it was number three at the box office at two point nine million. And it, it up to that point it, it grows two hundred and eighty-six point seven million dollars. <laughs> which is incredible for nineteen eighty-two, yeah. I'm sure. Um other movies that were out that particular week, uh let's see National Lampoons Class Reunion, They Call Me Bruce, Poltergeist. <laughs> That's a- Pol- Poltergeist <laughs> was in its twenty second week. And uh and it's 14th week, Pink Floyd's the Wall. So that's oh, what okay. it was that's what it was up against uh, when this came out in November of '82. Did you guys find out anything you know like anybody, you know before I go into the who's starring in it and all that stuff, did you guys find anything interesting?
2: Uh, this is just kind of random. It doesn't give you a number of how much this one scene or this one uh, story cost, but uh, in the fifth chapter, uh, they're creeping up on you. Apparently that was the most expensive uh, of of the short stories in this in this movie because uh, apparently each one of the roaches costed fifty cent.
1: <laughs> Good God! <laughs> yeah, I've got some stories about that scene. Once we get up to that, in the, in that the, could
0: rack that could rack up considering how many damn roaches <laughs> were in Jesus.
1: <laughs> I know nowadays where you would just do CG to put all those roaches in there. Back then they were doing it, you know, yeah. old school style. And uh, well, like I said, well, there's some stories about that. But let's just say that there's there's rumors and everything and uh folktales of like those roaches still being, you know, breeding in that area er- in that that area that school <laughs> where they shot it. <laughs> hats,
0: hats off to uh e. Mellon. Hats off to oh, E.J. Yeah. Marshall, who was the basically the only actor in that segment. Um <laughs> for uh dealing with the bugs. Good god. Yeah. So that being uh, said, uh oh go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Oh no, uh, uh apparently in the in the third film, uh there, what is it? Something to tide you over? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, Leslie Nielsen was a uh, flatulent through the entire taping of that, <laughs> <laughs> and they come to find out after after his scene was over, uh, he had a fart machine on him at all times.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Leslie Nielsen fart machine. <laughs> That's become <laughs> <legendary>. <laughs> uh, I think they also went out to uh, eat at a restaurant during the you know filming of the movie. And he had the fart machine with him there, and uh, <laughs> some of the people at the next table over said, "You're you're a disgusting human being." And, and Leslie Nielsen just agreed with him and laughed it off. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> you're right. I apologize. <laughs> it, it's, fu- it's funny watching this now, like especially with Leslie Nielsen in like a very serious, you know, he's the villain basically, a very serious role. Mm. No- knowing how like basically our generation grew up with him being like, you know. The the silliest, yeah, yeah, the silliest yeah. dude on earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and it's funny even to see like some older movies and TV shows that he pops up in every once in a while, you know, if you're watching some where, old show yeah. or
1: something.
0: And where he's being serious and it's like, wow, it's that dude. Yep. You know, how in the world? <laughs> um, and the
1: old Ted Danson was I don't Cheers hadn't even come out yet when he did this movie. I think he was yeah. about to get the role or actually landed the role of Sam on Cheers during the movie, I think, <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm that. not
0: sure of the timing of that without looking it up. But yeah, that sounds about right. Because I don't, I'm not sure if it had started or maybe it was about to start or something like that. I guess probably it hadn't started yet, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> I, I saw his interview or something with him on one of the special features on the Creepshow disc, I believe it was, mm-hmm. where he talked about that, where, yeah, he hadn't he hadn't got the role yet. But I think either, I don't know if it was in post production or some point during production of the movie, because like, he was telling them about it, because, yeah, there's this, I don't know, there's this thing where I might, you know, Got the role of this bartender guy who, you know, he basically kind of played it off like, "Oh, I don't even know if this is going to take off or
2: not." Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, it became huge. So.
2: And then everybody knew his name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so
2: this movie stars
1: I mean, tons
0: of stars, but I'll just kind of go down through the list of the ones that you would uh, definitely know. Hal Holbrook, who's you know still kicking. He's uh, he was born in 1925, so I don't know exactly how old that makes him, but he's up there um and he still does well at least he's done stuff up until 2017 so um uh, but he's been in tons of tv shows oh yeah um, just about every t- tv show known to man just about <laughs> he's had some <laughs> small part in it and yeah, um, you
1: probably couldn't have grown up in the hell i don't know going all the way back to whatever 60s 70s and 80s 90s for sure without even you know without you know, knowing who he was
0: <laughs> you know without seeing this dude in something in some yeah. small royal um i remember him even in mash or something like that uh but uh, he's probably best known for, like, you know, maybe for this. He was in uh, All the President's Men um, more recently in uh, 2012's uh, Lincoln. Um, yeah. But more famously, as far as for our audience, he was in The Fog. He was Father Malone in The Fog.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: which we'll definitely get around to that sooner or oh, later. Yeah. Cause that's, that's one of my favorites right there. That's that's top 25 for me, man. I love that movie. Will, have you seen that one? The Fog? John Carpenter. I'll, I'll take that as a no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Honest, honestly, like some some of these older older horror movies just kind of blur together for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you start watching it and you realize, oh yeah, I did see this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And you may you may have too. I mean, they, they, that was one of those Saturday night day movies they used to mm-hmm. play all the time back in the day. So there's a chance you probably saw it. Uh,
2: between between that and working at a video store, I've seen <laughs> a ton of stuff. I just don't remember. Seeing a ton of stuff. <laughs>
0: and uh yet another connection to The Fog is the next star of the movie, Adrienne Barbeau, uh who was also yeah. in the fog with Hal Holbrook.
1: Yeah, she's and a bit of a scream queen in her own right too.
0: Oh she yeah, yeah, mean, you, movies you'd, herself, so. Yeah, you know her from uh obviously this, The Fog, uh she was in Escape from New York. Um
1: oh, yeah. Swamp Thing.
0: Yeah, Swamp Thing, that's right. Yeah, the first one.
1: Uh was she was yeah. she in the second one? I can't remember if she was in the second one. You know, the second one, I have not seen, of course, nearly as many times as I've seen the first one. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: And I
1: might have only seen the second one once, but I'm I can't remember looking. if she was in or not.
0: Yeah, I'm looking real quick. I don't uh, I don't see her. Yeah, I don't think so. But she was also in Back to School, the Roddy Dangerfield movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Will, I know you've seen that one at least, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, Isn't that the one where uh, where he he's like a or he has a, to go back a to college the swim. <laughs> swimmer or something like that? Yeah, or a diver yeah. or something like that. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Or at least that's a part of the movie. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. he goes back to uh, college or yeah, it's college. Yeah. the son goes back, as I don't know some convoluted plot, but it's <laughs> just an excuse to get Rodney Dangerfield to do stupid shit. <laughs> but it was hilarious. Oh yeah. Um. So, yeah, anyways, back to Adrienne Barbeau. She was, so she was in those and, I mean, tons of others, that you probably remember, including the Cannonball Run. Oh, yeah. She was actually, uh, I'm just looking through her uh, filmography here, she was actually a voice in uh, The Thing. She was an uncredited voice on, uh, of Ooh. the computer in The Thing.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah.
0: another uh, John Carpenter connection there. The movie also stars, let's see, Leslie Nielsen, who we just spoke about. Um, you, you remember him, of course, from Airplane, all the Naked Gun movies. Um, Forbidden Planet, um, tons of uh, just silly over-the-top uh, comedies, you know, from the late 90s and of the early 2000s. Can't I forget, Jack,
1: loving it. <laughs> I
2: am yeah. serious, and quit calling me Shirley.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scary Movie 3, I mean, there's tons of, Mr. Magoo, <laughs> I forgot about that one. Spy yeah. Hard, wasn't that the one with uh, oh, yeah. Andy Griffith? Oh, man. Now we're going to have to have a whole separate podcast where we just talk about <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. The
1: entire Leslie Nielsen podcast? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> where we pour over the Les- Leslie Nielsen library. <laughs> yes. Which the, I can tell you right now that would take quite some time because according to he has 251 credits <laughs> to his name. So uh, that might be a whole separate thing in, in and of itself. Well, um, we'll call that
2: one I Love Leslie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 It also stars Ed Harris, who, you know, um, ha- has somewhat of a small role in the first little segment. You know, he's not in it very long, but you'd know he has him. He a from,
1: dance scene in there, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst <laughs> dance scenes ever.
1: Uh, it's right up some, there with, uh, what's his name from, uh, damn, Back to the Future, you know, Marty's dad. Uh,
0: Crispin Glover. Was the
1: name? Crispin Glover is dancing in uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This might be worse, man. He's clearly, (laughs) he's clearly like. It almost looks like they're not even dancing to the music. Like they just told him, like, all right, dance, (laughs) and then they just kind of like flail around, and then they and then they just put in some cheap ass disco music, you know, (laughs)
2: later on in post. All right, y'all dance the shag. (laughs) All right, now here's disco. (laughs)
0: Um, You know Ed Harris from a ton of things, including the Truman Show, um, Pollock, uh, Apollo thirteen um i mean the list is pretty thick i mean dude has been in a ton of stuff national treasure book of secrets radio the hours
1: uh, so, and, well i would say recent I, <laughs> it's not really recent now i guess it's been a number of years but david cronenberg's history of violence
0: mm-hmm, yeah but uh, up to the point up to this point of Creepshow, though, he hadn't been in, he had been in a handful of things but not a lot of mm-hmm. things like yeah. up to that point he had only been in a bunch of tv tv episodes of tv shows handful of tv movies small roles in uh feature films, but th- this was probably, I wouldn't say this was a breakout, but this is probably one of his bigger, first bigger roles, outside of maybe Night Riders. So, also starring in the, in, in the movie is Ted Danson, uh, who, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this guy before. Uh,
2: <laughs> Big up-and-comer?
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, uh, up-and-coming indie film guy. Um, I mean, like, uh, he was in Cheers, and uh, he had that long run on that show, Becker. Um,
2: He's in uh, The Good Place right now
0: yeah yeah that that, that's been on i think that's like kind of like a finite series though like
2: yeah yeah i think this is the last season coming up
0: yeah i think it's got like a set amount of uh like it it has an ending so yeah it's about to end up um yeah my wife
2: got me uh watching that that's a really good show
0: wasn't he in the uh three men and a baby oh
2: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah,
0: three yeah three men and a baby uh i mean tons of stuff Uh, mostly tv but he's been in a ton of uh uh movies and whatnot as well um and of course, it also uh, has Stephen King himself in it, who uh, you know writes these little short stories that you may have heard of. <laughs> <laughs> His uh, what he only he only directed one movie, right? Maximum Overdrive. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> His first and only time.
1: Yep. Which we'll get to. I'm sure so at some point that movie when it came out, and I guess now too. Uh, it's probably got more you know a little bit more fan base behind it now than when it came out because I know when it came out. It kind of got equal amounts of being shit on and people loving it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, me personally it's a, it's a, it's one I really enjoy so.
0: He actually has uh, according to IMDb at least, he has 25 acting credits. Now most of those are his own works, of course, but he was in Night Riders. Of course, this, I mean he has, you know, one of the one basically one whole segment to himself um in this one the lonesome death of jordy verrill he's uh he's got a bit part in maximum overdrive which like we just said he directed and uh wrote and everything he has another segment creep show too as well which i'm sure we'll get to eventually and then you know a bunch of other stuff that he's had he has bit parts and things that he wrote for the most part <laughs> i'm just looking through the list he actually had a, uh, an appearance in an episode of fraser that's random i haven't seen it yet but apparently he has a bit part in uh it chapter two as well he does yeah so yeah that's uh and of course he wrote the uh screenplay for this, right for this one yeah yeah for, yeah yeah, uh, he, 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 yep. yeah for Creepshow, yeah, he wrote the screen for screenplay for this as well
1: in fact um, the, I know the story that he was in was it the lonesome was it the full yeah, the story lonesome, uh, the, the Lonesome death
0: of Geordie Ver death of
1: Jordy Verll yeah, I think it's based on weeds, a short story he did
0: yeah
1: before that's this really movie, weird. I know most of the ones in this movie are kind of sort of original writings for the film itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Jordy, you long head. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he,
1: yeah.
0: he acts that perfectly too. Like yes. The, just uh, the, uh, uh, being the, the, the kind of, uh,
1: Lunk headedness of it. <laughs> yeah, the lunk
0: head kind of a uh, half-retarded type of dude, I guess. I don't know how you'd phrase it, but uh yeah, he he plays it up. Um, I mean, tons of people in this movie. I mean, uh and and of course Tom Savini has a small part in it too. Which I can't remember whether we already mentioned that or not, but uh so yeah, that's pretty much who's in it. and uh it, this was obviously directed by George A Romero himself. See, this is the rare pairing of uh two l- horror legends really. George A Romero and Stephen King. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. All right, so the creep show begins with uh the dad, which is Tom Atkins. Um, he's berating his son over reading comic books, and then just slaps the shit out of him. I mean, he's just running him down, he slaps the shit out of him, takes the comic book outside and throws it away in the trash can. Then it goes back up to the kid, like in the room, like you know, he's he's locked in his room now, or whatever he's grounded, and uh the kid's like uh he says something creepy or some shit, right? It's almost like he summons this fucking demon to the house. <laughs> and then you see uh the creeper, I guess it is, whatever you want to call him. Uh he's kind of floating outside the window and uh then it goes back to the comic in the trash can, then you get the opening the op- you know, you see the logo Creep Show and then the opening credits are animated, which I thought these were really cool looking. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. I could actually uh, go for seeing an uh, animated Creepshow series too. It would've been cool if done
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they have it, it was I was just gonna say it was really cool, like like how they, they went from story to story and just made it like a like a bunch of short stories in the comic. Like it was it was a good oh, yeah, natural the panel smooth Yeah, too. it was it was a good natural, smooth transition for yeah, for r- being able to tie these together.
0: Yeah, Romero and King really did a good job with playing up the comic book aspect of this.
1: Mm. um which yeah, I don't know. Through what, the lighting too and everything. I mean, not just that, you know, obvious comic book panel sort of scene that sets but yeah just throughout just the lighting and everything cinematography oh, yeah.
0: yeah yeah even the way oh. it was like you see it especially even more so in a couple of them like the Jordi vera one and the uh oh, yeah. um the other segment with uh leslie nilson you know which i'm blanking on the name of the uh something that oh, ties you,
1: you over yeah. yeah
0: yeah that segment you really see them played out with the lighting and the right. colors and everything um they really lean into the uh like you said the uh comic book aspect of it mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure King wrote too, and then Romero just really, you know,
1: he really shined on that. Um, I know that they're both huge fans of that, the whole yeah. EC Comics thing. When they were young. Yeah, yeah.
0: That that was the other thing that I, I don't know if we really got into the uh, comic book aspect of this. That it, of what it was. That it was an old uh, EC comic, uh, mm-hmm.
2: that,
0: which EC stands for Entertaining Comic. That was the name of the company, and uh, th- this probably one of the more popular comics i would say creep show and of course the uh, the tales from the crypt series uh, vault of yeah vault of four i mean like they they that, that's what the kind of books they had which i don't think it's around anymore i guess it was like eventually bought out by dc or something like that
1: yes yeah, i remember i do remember in the 80s or 90s there being reprints of a lot of tales from the crypt and vault of horrors that were coming out for a while so i don't remember though yeah what the gist of it was who owned it at that time I'm pretty sure they weren't yeah. and all their own separate company that it's probably had been bought. Yeah,
0: uh I'm looking at briefly here. I think like Dark Horse even uh reprinted some some of these in hardcover volumes of uh Tales from the Crypt and some other uh EC books. Um but so yeah that that's where this you know basically the the foundation of this comes from the old EC comics series creep show. Um, Anyways, back to the movie. So like the dad throws the uh, comic out and now you see the opening credits with the animated creeper and all that. Um, Then you see the title. It it moves in on the comic page and it says father. This segment is called Father's Day. Um, Cool comic book transition, you know, where like you see a panel of like a family sitting around and then it just kind of slowly dissolves into the real family standing there. Um, this is the, uh, they're called the Grantham family and they're standing there with Hank Blaine, which is, uh, Ed Harris. And, uh, they're talking about, uh, Aunt Bedelia who supposedly, uh, killed her dad. She's on her way to this little family gathering and she supposedly killed her dad seven years earlier. Then you see the, the comic book flashback of, uh, um, Bedelia's, uh, boyfriend being killed by her dad, basically. Right. So, she comes in and uh, in a fit of uh, rage about this, she kills her dad. She comes up behind him with a marble ashtray and just bashes his head in and kills him. Um, what was he sitting there uh, bitching about getting his cake or something, right? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Where's, <laughs> Where's my, my cake, you bitch?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so ever since then, she comes home every Father's Day since, I guess, just to make, check and make sure he's still dead in the ground, I guess, you know, kind of just to drink her sorrows away or whatever. So then it shows her arriving and uh she goes out to the graveyard and uh she actually hears her dad saying, Where's my cake, you bitch? <laughs> and uh then then that's when you actually see the flashback of her killing her dad. Um she's just cursing him and everything, and then all of a sudden a hand comes out of the ground and uh he asks, Where's my cake, Bedelia?" And then just chokes her out, kills her right there. Then Hank. Uh, the the uh, one of the, the girl, uh, her boyfriend, he's out smoking, and uh, he's looking for, because Bedelia hasn't come in yet, it's nighttime now, and they're all waiting on her to eat. So he's uh, out there smoking, and he's looking around for her, and, and he walks out to the graveyard. Uh, then he sees the bottle of Jim Beam on the ground. He, he leans over to pick it up, and then he trips into the grave. And then he, as he's laying there, the tombstone moves. It just kind of keeps moving, and then he looks over, and then Bedelia's body Aunt Ambedula's body just kind of rolls over and it's right beside him. Then you see like the corpse of uh, the dad standing like down down at his feet or whatever. And I, I how is the tombstone moving? That's the part I didn't connect here. Like, is he is the dad just like you know the the corpse <laughs> dad? The is the he pulling? Yeah, yeah. Like, does he have some kind of power where he's pulling it, or is there something else behind it pushing it? I guess it doesn't matter. But either way, the tombstone just falls over on Hank. He's dead, Sylvia. Uh, I think is the uh, that's the older lady that's inside the house. Um, she's looking for the maid and she goes into the kitchen and finds her dead. And then turns to see uh, Nathan's corpse. That that was the dad's name. His name was Nathan. Uh, she turns to find Nathan's corpse standing there, and he and he just grabs a hold of her and snaps her neck. Wow, she's dead. Then Cass and Richard, which is like the the spoiled kind of like kids or whatever. They're not kids, but you know what I mean, like twenty something, whatever. the Spoiled rich kids. Um, they come in they're like they're still looking for everybody. now. No, no one's around, so they, they start to search around. They go into the kitchen, uh, and then a corpse walk in. A cor- the corpse walks in of uh, Nathan, and he's got Sylvia's head on the platter with like candles sticking out of it, stuff and icing and stuff. <laughs> I found my <laughs> cake. Happy Father's
3: Day.
1: <laughs> and they're
0: just ah! in this kind of like a freeze, you know?
1: Yeah, and then then that perfect transition out to the comic book panel type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: what did you guys think of this first uh segment
1: very
2: interesting yeah it was interesting like like, i didn't know what i was exactly getting into when i started watching this so Mm -hmm. this kind of sets the table
0: for you the listeners of the all american spook show podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service will uh you got any examples of some stuff maybe people can uh go and download with their audible trial
2: uh well i'm on the website right now um They've got the complete fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. They've got uh, it looks like two different omnibuses of uh, his stories. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a ton of stuff on, uh, on here. Uh, Dream of the Witch House, uh, the Case of Charles Dexter Ward. Uh, it looks like there's about forty seven different books you could download.
0: So any any fans of uh, Reanimator? that are listening uh that's the guy that wrote that so you you know there's tons of that that uh, his stuff available on there the new stephen king novel uh, the institute is available and i'm pretty sure just about every stephen king novel is on there like literally thousands upon thousands of books uh for you to choose from with your free trial so to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com spookshow again that's audibletrial.com spookshow for your free audiobook. So we move on to the next segment. This one's called the lonesome death of Geordie Verrill. And this one's just like, like I said, it's literally pretty much a one man show of, of Stephen King. He's Geordie Verrill. And, uh, he's kind of standing out in the yard or something. And he sees a meteor crash. And then he says, well, I'll be dipped in shit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of funny little like things he says throughout this whole thing. Um, then he, of course he leans down and he touches it. He touches the meteor. Cause you know, there's a little crater there in his yard. And then, then he has, like, this dream sequence of uh, going to the Department of Meteors <laughs> and how much <laughs> money they'd give him, you know, for bringing it in. And then he looks, he, he kind of snaps out of it and he looks down at his finger and his finger has, like, these big water blisters, like, popping up on it. So then he goes and gets, like, a bucket of water or something and he pours it on top of the meteor and uh, it cracks open and, like, this blue liquid comes pouring out. And he's like, oh, meteor shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh I did that a, line a lot when I was younger. shit. shit. i still it. <do>, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh I think he has another dream sequence too of like how he just he just fucked up his payday or something, right? Like now he goes to Yeah. The yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> nobody's gonna want to wanna for a split media yeah. or a broken media. <laughs>
0: oh Jordy, you done fucked up now. <laughs> um so then like he goes into the house and uh, I thought this was funny how he's watching like some old WWF match on TV. <laughs> And uh you start to notice that grass is starting to grow everywhere, and it's on his fingers too um then uh I guess he has a moment where he's about to call the doctor and then he has like another little daydream of that the doctor's just gonna cut his fingers off. Uh, so he's like nope nope not calling the doctor you know so then you just see that this, this this grass or fungus or whatever the hell it is it's spreading and it's on his tongue too I guess from where he was like licking his finger putting his fingers in his yeah. mouth he falls asleep and then when he wakes up it's worse like now he's covered even more in it he goes in the bathroom and starts running the tub full of water or something right and then like he sees his I guess once again he's like daydreaming and he sees like uh, his dad in the mirror telling him not to get in the tub but he decides to just get in anyways and you can hear him like oh that's better uh, then it uh, you kind of fast forward to the next morning, and now you see that this stuff it's everywhere. And now he's covered in it, and uh, he picks up a shotgun, and it's something like, I don't want to be or, well, he says something right, like, uh, don't let me be unlucky this one just this once, or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, and he
0: pu- he cocks the shotgun him and like blows the top of his head off, and then his it, voice
1: is all wobbled because cause yeah. of his uh, his yeah. uh, voice box being plant now, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Don't let me miss this time. <laughs> then uh, he he blows the top of his head off, and then you see a sign outside, like a little road sign. Like now, now you see that this this grass oh, yeah. or fungus, it's or whatever, is covering there. everything. And there's a sign out there that says Castle Rock, five miles. Um, and you know, just the grass is everywhere. But I thought it was a pretty cool nod to the Castle Rock. You know, the Stephen
1: King.
2: It's mm. fictional. Uh, yeah, the little universe there. Yeah. Um, so, what what you guys think of this segment? Uh, I <laughs> thought it, I thought it was fun. I mean. Yeah. I, I feel like, like especially on this one, and I know that they were going for silly, but I felt like, like this one probably more than than all, <clears throat> all of the other uh, like little short stories. Like if, if they would have went serious on this, I, th- I thought this could have been really good. Yeah, you know, I mean, it rough. could,
1: uh, it definitely could go that way. I mean, if they were trying to play it for less of a comedic effect, it would yeah be yeah. genuinely terrifying if you know <laughs> if something like that would have really happened to you. They could have taken it in that more horror, more you know, alien out outer space horror type stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think and, uh, there's
0: i think there's five segments all together right hmm. um this one I, I believe i didn't time them obviously but i'd say by far this is probably the shortest of them all uh it's pretty quick
1: yeah. or, or or yeah or that one or the the one there they would e.g marshall maybe is probably short too right those yeah two yeah probably...
0: that yeah that was pretty short too I, like i said i didn't time them but yeah, know
1: nah, if I mean, this isn't
0: the shortest one it's either either one of those one but yeah do, this, yeah sure. Not nearly as long as The, uh, the Crate. That, that one's pretty long. That's <laughs> yeah. by far the longest uh, segment no. out of all of them.
1: But I kind of like that is- too. I kind of like that they do play around with the time. Like, you know, because you see a lot of, of anthology type horror movies, and a lot of times they're given kind of an equal share as far as the time. I think it kind of adds to the comic effect too of like when you're reading, if you're reading a, something like Tales from the Crypt or that type of horror comic, not all the stories are exactly, you know, six, seven pages. Some are a couple pages, some might be four or five pages, or whatever. I think it adds to that, too. When
0: I used to read these comics when I was, you know, when I was younger, that's the way they play. Like, you know, they were usually, Mm. you know, kind of quick to the point, like it was a normal, what, 25, 30 page comic. But there'd be like three story, three or four stories in the comic. So a lot of times you get that
1: main one that's like whatever, you know, half the sometimes half the book might be that one. And then two or three on this other one, and maybe four pages on another one. Yeah, yeah.
0: there'd only be like three or four pages long.
1: Or there'd be Uh, just one page. Remember, the little single page sort of. You know, yeah. joke thing or whatever gimmicky type thing that they would throw in there. Yeah. Just be a one one page thing.
0: Well, that was almost always one page where it was like the crypt keeper or yeah. the creeper or whatever. You know, whoever like is quote unquote the host of the book. Mm. You know, like uh, telling you what you're in for or whatever. All right, so we move on to the next segment. It's called something to Tide you over, Richard, which is Leslie Nielsen. Once again, tough to take him serious, and it's <laughs> 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 and it's funny too how you can even see like the comedy bleeding in whether he even. Oh really? yeah, he's yeah. even oh, you yeah. know noticing it or not, you know <laughs> that it's that it's just there.
1: Um, and yeah, a lot of times too, if you would never seen, I mean, you maybe if you had never seen him in Naked Gun or Airplane or any of those movies, and you watched him in this role, you, you know, you you might not necessarily until certain parts come up where he's blatantly, obviously being, you know, funny. Yeah. I don't know. He's like kind of like you you have it in your head from seeing him in Airplane and all those movies that any little like body movement he does, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, See Him in those roles, you know. So,
0: in this segment, something to tide you over Richard, uh, Leslie Nelson comes to Harry's door when Harry is uh Ted dancing and he says he should listen or something will happen to Becky. And that's uh Richard's wife who mm-hmm. apparently has been cheating with Harry. Um, so he says, You come with me. He takes Harry to the beach, like he uh he has like this, I guess they're on an island or something like that. He takes him to the beach, he pulls out a gun. And uh, there's a hole in the ground. He makes him get in the hole. And then uh, he buries him in the hole. And then a a little crab walks up. And then uh, he kind of bats it away or whatever. And then uh, Richard sets up a TV. And he turns turns it on. And it's uh, Becky. His wife, who's also been buried up to her head, and the tide's coming in. And basically, Harry leaves and says, uh, I'm going to leave you to watch it. And then, like, the water, co- the, t- the tide starts coming in and it shorts the TV out. Now Richard's back at his house, you know, I guess uh, a little ways away, but still not too far away. He's back at his house, and he turns on the little monitor, and he's watching this. He's watching uh, Harry and uh, Becky on the two different monitors or whatever. And, uh, Harry looks straight at the monitor and says, uh, I don't know how, but I'll get you, I'll get you back for this. And then, uh, yeah. this is a pretty cool little shot of like, uh, now the tides come completely in and Harry's underwater, but his head is like under, underwater, <laughs> like glowing real comic book <laughs> effect, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Richard later on is back at the beach and uh, he's looking around, doesn't see him anywhere. as so that current pulled him out? So he's kind of gathering all the shit and getting it getting it together. He goes back to his house. Richard's taking a shower. And then all of a sudden, Harry and Becky, like the corpses of them, are back and they're all covered in seaweed. And uh, also, I noticed too when uh, Richard goes in the bedroom, and because like, he, he hears something, he's got the, like, he puts his robe on or whatever. Mm. And uh, sitting on the table there is an ashtray. It's the exact same ashtray that uh, Bedelia hit her dad upside the head with uh, in that earlier <laughs> huh. segment. I just happened to notice that it was sitting. You know, table.
1: I never, no, I never noticed. That. Yeah,
0: it's sitting on the table right next to his bed. It's the same exact one. Then uh, Richard pulls out a gun, and he opens up the bedroom door, and there they stand, and he shoots them like it does nothing. You know, like it just pops a couple holes in them, like some black goo comes out. Or Water, goo,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes yeah. <out>. Right of um,
0: <laughs> And he goes into a, like the bathroom or another room or something, and closes the door, and then he turns around, and they're standing there, and they say something like, oh, "We want to see if you can hold your breath" or something like that. And then uh, it's funny too how he's like hysterically laughing, you know. Like I, I guess, I, I guess almost like anyone would now. Like you, you'd, th- you'd think you've done, lost your mind, you know. <laughs> so he's, he's just, uh, you know, like hysterically laughing or something. Then they bury him in the sand, and he's like, "Oh, I can hold my breath for a very long time," <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of that. Yeah. Um. So w- what do you guys think of this segment?
1: I thought that was when the creepiness, the creepiness factor was up for this one. I think this is when it starts. You know, it's building towards the scares and everything. I think it came a little bit more in this episode than in the prior one. Mm-hmm. Even though it still retained that comedic element too they were going for. It, so.
0: I think I remember when I saw this one when I was younger, this one, this one was one of the ones that creeped me out the most. Kind of like, oh, yeah. man, <laughs> that's messed up. you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's that, iso- for me, it's isolation too. Like When I think about it, going back to, like if I take if I were to analyze the types of movies I like the best, some of my top favorite horror movies, a lot of them have to do with that isolation aspect. John yeah. Carpenter's a thing, for instance, or whatever. These they're in this spot that's claustrophobic, isolated. Nobody's there, or or it's just a barren wilderness, whatever the case may be. There's something to me that affects me personally about like that. That's that makes it creepier, I guess.
0: Plus, there is some realism to it, like you know the fact that like m- maybe not the uh, corpses coming back from the dead part of it, but like you know the fact that somebody could realistically bury you like this, and there would be nothing you could do about it. You know, like oh yeah, like, you just yeah. you just yeah. die. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that yeah. definitely plays on your fears, I guess. So.
0: And like you said, that claustrophobic feeling of like being buried like that and not being able to mm-hmm. move. Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: it's
0: what'd you think of it, Will, this segment?
2: Yeah, I think this was probably one of the best put together segments, probably, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I thought I thought this one was really good.
1: Oh, and I uh, know that one scene No <laughs> that you had mentioned earlier, which was a shot really cool of, of like Ted Dancing and in the uh Yeah, yeah. Underwater. With the, yeah shot shot the, and they shot out in like a this type of aquarium they made where he actually was under there and having to hold his breath. And I can't remember if it's Tom Savini or somebody said they were standing outside of it. They didn't tell Ned dancing this, but he had a sledgehammer, <laughs> so in case something were to go wrong, <laughs> he could just busted. crack the glass and all the water would have came out.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so it's almost like like one of the old magician tricks you see when they're they're trying to unlock themselves and there's always a dude standing there with a hammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You could tell that was real too. Like, you know, obviously, yeah. this is 1982, so it's before like a lot of CGI type
1: stuff, yeah, but, very practical stuff. Um,
0: but you could tell, though, that like as far as him being underwater, that was real. At least to, yeah. me, you know, to me, you could tell. All right, so we go to the next segment, it's called The Crate. Now, like I said, I think I'm pretty sure this is probably by far the longest uh segment in the movie. So it opens up with a janitor like mopping up or sweeping or whatever, and he, or he flips a coin or something like that and he drops it and it rolls under the steps. And uh, the steps have like this little gate kind of like, you know, locking uh, like a little storage area under the steps. And he looks in there for the coin and he sees a crate. Then you cut to uh, uh, one of the professors. His name is Dexter. He's talking with Henry, another professor, which is Hal Hallbrook, you know, which we talked about earlier. And his wife, uh, Wilma Northrup. That's what they are, Henry and Wilma Northrup. And Wilma is Adrian Barbeau, which... Once again, we talked about as well. She's kind of the loud mouth of the party, you know, kind of being a little brash and loud and, you know, just altogether annoying.
2: Of the party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: loud mouth. Whatever the, whatever the hell they're at. What is it? together? So, yeah,
2: yeah, Well, no, no. I just meant like it kind of seems like her character is just like that all the time
0: yeah <laughs> well true yeah but you know at this point you don't know that yet so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the janitor you know with the coin thing or whatever he calls uh dexter about the crate like he saw saw this crate in there so Dexter was like all right i'll come on down and check it out then you, you you cut to like henry and wilma back at home and uh henry has this little dream sequence where he uh <laughs> or no no not at home yet henry's like i guess he's daydreaming or whatever they got a lot of these little weird daydream sequences in this <laughs> I just, if you put it together um but he has like this dream sequence, I guess, where he uh, basically just pulls out a gun and he shoots her dead right there, and then everybody just kind of looks at him, and just yeah, all right, and they just start all, <laughs> they start clapping and stuff. <laughs> then he kind of comes to excellent shot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he kind of comes to, and then you know, obviously this didn't happen. Then uh, Dexter arrives at the uh, school, the university that they work at. Um, I assume, I mean, because they never really address it like directly. I don't think that like these two dudes are professors at this school but she kind of put two and two together i guess right mm-hmm. um so dexter arrives there to take a look at the crate they they, they go and take the crate and they kind of uh, start to open it and then the janitor feels it move then back home uh henry is uh, still daydreaming about killing his wife, Wilma. <laughs> he walks up behind her with a tie and starts choking her out. <laughs> then it cuts to like, no, no, that didn't really happen. Then it cuts back to them, you know, messing around with this crate and they open up the crate and the janitor looks in, like he hears a noise and he looks in and he, he sees eyeballs and they, or they see eyes, right? And then the janitor reaches in and then it just starts tearing the shit out of his arm. And you see it, you see the little creature in there real briefly, whatever the hell it is. And uh, then it just pulls him in and eats him. And then Dexter freaks out and, runs and then he meets uh, one of the students charlie in the hall and then he tells him about what just happened so they go in and they see blood everywhere and then then uh the uh the crate is like back up underneath the stairs right
1: yeah i think yep. kind
0: of magically like it's back under there again
1: yeah and, i uh, assume. Try- i guess that he did it dragged it dragged the crate all the way back under there and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <itself>. like,
0: <laughs> yeah and, uh, and then so, got back
1: in it because that was a safe spot for that you know Yeah, I think they did say
0: something about that. Like, this must be where he's comfortable. He's been under there for so long, you know. Um, So, yeah, like, the crate's back under there. So, Charlie goes in there to kind of investigate. And uh, then uh, the beast just attacks him. Like, it, like, claws him across the face or something. And basically instantly just fucks his world up um, (laughs) and kills him. Then Dexter runs out and goes to Henry's house to explain, you know, and tell him what has just happened. Henry's just kind of nodding and, you know, listening to the tale. And then he goes over and fixes him a drink and, like, slips him a pill. Knocks him out, and then locks him in the room, and then goes to the university to see what's going on and clean it up. Uh, so I guess now he's done concocted this thing. Like uh, now he can use this to his advantage because clearly he wants his wife dead.
2: And even though he wants to do it, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he has now found found a convenient way for this to happen. Right? I guess. So now Wilma comes home. She's been out drinking or whatever the hell she's been doing somewhere. She comes home and she finds a note explaining that uh, Dexter's in trouble and he wants her to come help out at, down at the university. So she goes that, he she goes down or she comes to the university and he wants her to look under the stairs. Like Henry, Henry's there and he's explaining the situation, says that De- Dexter basically slapped this girl around. One thing led to another or something and she's hiding under the stairs. So I want you to go over there and try to talk to her and get her to come out. Uh, she goes over there and like, what the hell, what is this? And then he pushes her in there. And it doesn't do anything. Like It doesn't come out or anything. And, you know. So she starts running him down again. Um, then it comes out and attacks her. Uh, and that, I thought it was funny too. Like why it's attacking her or whatever. He screams at her. Tell it to call you Billy. Because that was like her line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't call me Will. Will call me Billy. <laughs> Tell it to call Tell you it Billy. Call you is, Billy. It's, like, it's, it's killing her. <laughs> so basically he goes back. And uh, locks it up uh in the little chest or whatever, and then uh he he takes it uh he hauls it off and then drops it in a quarry, and then he goes back home and tells Dexter about what happened, basically like are are you cool with everything like yeah, you know, basically they kind of just agree to like what happened happened, let's just move on from here, you know, <laughs> uh then I think you see it like down in the quarry or whatever right, in the bus out of the crate, and that kind of the end of the segment, I believe yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see it coming out of trade war. So, what'd you guys think of this one? Like I said, this was the longest of the ones, but I, I thought it was pretty good.
1: Would you, would you guys think? Yeah, that's my, that as as a kid, even now, I guess I'd probably I'd say that's my favorite segment of the of the series. It was the one that creeped me out the most as a kid too. Creep show, get it? Give <laughs> 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 me the creeps. <laughs> yeah. Well, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I thought this one was 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 pretty good. Uh, it, it definitely like. It felt longer to me than the other ones, and I'm sure it was. Well, it was but, it, yeah. but but it just, you know, sometimes you sit there and you watch something, and you know, two and a half hours feels like thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one this one definitely felt longer.
0: I didn't actually like I said I didn't time these things out, but I'm pretty sure when I looked at this um, when it was playing, and then when I looked when it ended, I think it was over uh, give or take around forty minutes. Yeah. Of a two-hour two movie, so this was by far the <laughs> the longest segment of the movie. But it, it moved, though. I mean, it was it was a good little story. So it's not like it dragged or anything. It was it was a fun little tale.
1: Um, uh, I know the uh, the creature's nickname was Fluffy. That's what Tom was. Oh, that what it was
0: called <laughs>
1: <laughs> on set, and when and Savini was like, you know, he gave it that name, Fluffy. That's what they called it. I saw, and something. it was the first movie he was able to do monster effects for. He's always, you know, he's been known as a splatter king of splatter. He's always the gore effects and everything up to that point, and that's the first one that he was able to do a creature effect on.
0: I saw some uh, somebody somewhere posted up, like, they had some masks. Apparently there was, like, some limited edition masks from this movie, and uh, one of them was this fluffy or whatever you call it. It, it, it. Yeah, one of the masks was that. Another one was, uh, was it Nathan from the first one? You know, where's my cake, Bedelia? It was his mask. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the third mask I saw was, like, Ted Danson's, uh, mask, except you know, obviously. Oh the, uh, yeah, yeah. The, with the,
1: the water seaweed. zombie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was that the Trickster
1: Studios? Bird. Maybe they did those uh, p-
0: possibly. Stuff? I don't know. I didn't see who made them, but there was some. There was some really good masks. That, yeah, you know. All right, so we come up on the final segment. It's called "They're Creeping Up on You." What I'm, I'm blanking on what his uh his name was. Would you say E.G.
1: E.G. Marshall? Yeah, E.G. Yeah.
0: Marshall. His character in this is called Upson Pratt. Upson Pratt, and he's kind of <laughs> like this uh rich billionaire recluse type dude. Who, who's the guy that was like notorious for being like that that I'm thinking of? That was like, oh, rage? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, he used to wash
0: his hands all the time. Howard you know, like Hughes, that. the like, aviator Howard, movie
1: yeah. was Howard Hughes, yeah. Howard, Howard
0: Hughes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's kind of like what they're playing on. Like, he's kind of like this weird, yeah, eccentric, uh, Howard Hughes type germophobe. guy,
1: Extreme yeah, germophobe. he's a
0: germaphobe, <laughs> and uh, he's freaking out over uh, bugs and germs and shit in his, in his house. And he's got like this, uh, like a penthouse apartment or something that's just totally like a sanitary. Uh, all white everything's, yeah, white. everything's <laughs> white it's like you know he's living in a in a uh, insane asylum or something and uh which i guess basically he was and he's he's doing business like over the phone because obviously he won't do anything in person i guess so he does everything over the phone he's got like this whole like, little technological phone bank type thing in front of him and uh another one of the business business guys that he's doing business whatever the dude like shot himself he killed himself. And uh, then the the dude the dude's wife calls and like is bitching him out because basically I guess she blames him for her husband shooting himself and he's just an asshole about it. He's just being a fucker when she calls to say something about it. And he's finding and then like he starts seeing these bugs like more and more as this as the story goes along. Like he's seeing these roaches. Um, you know, it's a few at a time at first, and then now they're just starting to pop up everywhere. He pulls out some food to eat or something, and they're in the food. So then, uh, he calls a maintenance man to, you know, come take care of this. And he says he'll call the exterminator. And then the power goes out and then, then there's just bugs all over the place. The emergency power flickers back on and now there's more bugs in there. So then he goes into this sealed room. He has like this little, I guess it's like almost like a sealed panic room or something.
2: Yeah. And,
0: uh, then the bugs, he's like, hi, ha, I'm, I'm safe from all the bugs. And he pulls back the cover and then the bugs are just all over the bed.
1: Yeah, you see that thing writhing before, you, so you already yeah, know. Yeah, you see
0: it, it moving. I don't know what time he pulls it back. Yeah. It's tons of cockroaches. <laughs> just covered in roaches. Uh, <laughs> then, like, he just gets inundated with uh, these roaches. Like, there's just tons of them in there. They start busting out of them, too, right? Like, they get under his skin or something like that, and then they just start yeah, coming out of them. Yeah, it cuts
1: right to, like, what is it? It cuts away from him after the power had gone out and all that stuff. Then the power comes back on, right? I think that's like, what it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then it shows his body just motionless on the floor. So, you see yeah, he's and- dead. And, yeah, and then they start. <laughs> they
0: just, <laughs> just come out. out and, then, and then this just little sealed room is just full of them. I mean, like there's yeah. thousands of them in this little glass room. So that's kind of the end of that segment. And then you go back to the house from the very beginning of the movie. And then you see two trash men. They find the comic book and they're kind of talking about it. And one of those, one of those uh, trash men are uh, Tom Savini. Then uh, there's a coupon in the back of the comic book for a voodoo doll. And the, the coupon has been cut out. Then you cut back to the boy upstairs in his room. He's got the voodoo doll, and he's stabbing it. And like, you know, he, he's basically voodoo dolled his dad. and know, uh, he's hurting the doll, and his dad's hurting. Like, oh, and then that's that's it, the end. That's the credits. Um. So, what did you guys? I guess Will, we'll go to you first. did you think of it? What's your star rating here?
2: Uh, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, again, like coming into this this movie, I, I wasn't. I was expecting it to be, uh, I guess, a little bit more. Uh, suspenseful Mm -hmm. uh, so I was kind of taken aback as I was as I was watching it. Uh, I'd say you know there are definitely some stronger segments of this movie, you know, compared to some of the other ones. I I I think probably my favorite one was actually the 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 last story with the roaches. Uh, But but it's definitely like worth giving it a watch. So like for me, I would I would probably give it I'd say like a solid three. Three stars. Yeah, it's not too bad. How
1: about uh, you, uh, smoke. yeah, this is another one of those that's been with me since childhood. I guess, like I said, watching it on HBO, I can't really, I don't really know how many times I've seen it since then. Oh, even back then, I always thought all the, I liked all the, all the segments. I think are There's not one that I don't like. There's some that are, you know, maybe better than others. Like I said, my favorite is the crate. Beyond that, probably something that tied you over. And then, uh, <laughs> even though it's goofy and everything, I still, I really love that lonesome death of Jordy Verrill segment too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely memorable. Yeah, yes, it's definitely memorable. Like I said, it could have gone seriously or it could have gone in, in the humor, sec- the way they did with the humor. And then, so it is entertaining and makes me laugh every time I see that one. And mm. Stephen King in that role is over even though he's, uh, he's playing it ham fisted and over the top, uh, makes it stick with you still. So uh, overall, the whole movie, that I think I'm going with a good three and three quarter stars.
0: Three and three quarter stars for the three professor. I me, mean, I think I'm going to kind of land in between the both of you. Um, I'm going to go with three and a half stars. Um, this is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, I love this movie. I mean, I could watch it over and over again, you know, and I have many times over the years. I don't know which one's probably my favorite segment, though. I I guess the one that I probably always remember the most is the very first one,
1: you know, the uh, the Father's Day. Father's (laughs) Day.
0: (laughs) Where's my cake, Bedelia? You know, I can't tell you how many times. You know, I used to joke around with a couple of my friends back in the day with that one. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I guess probably that one, but yeah, I definitely give this one a, uh, a solid two and a half stars. Um, I would highly recommend it.
2: You mean three and a half?
0: What did I say?
1: Two and at a half. You said two and a half, yeah. Oh, Okay, three yeah. And <laughs> three and half. a <laughs> half. It's a solid two and a half.
2: <laughs> a very schizophren- solid two and a half. <laughs>
0: I'm all schizophrenic in the same sentence. Uh, yes, three and a half stars. I think what it was is I was looking at some other ratings or something like, and I just said what I saw. I think is what just yeah. happened. Anyways. Um, so yeah, we, we, as you can see, uh, three plus stars all the way across the board. So we all highly recommend it with that, uh, being said, that'll wrap up creep show. The next episode, we're going to be, uh, discussing, uh, I'd say one of the more modern classic horror movies. And, and I think it's a, a good time to do so. We're going to watch and discuss the devil's rejects from 2005 with the, uh, recent death of, uh, Sid Haig, uh, and the, uh, the current or upcoming however you want to put it because apparently we have multiple little small runs with the uh opening roll of or uh opening release i'm sorry of three from hell it's a good time to go back and uh since we've already talked about house of a thousand corpses um we'll go back and discuss the devil's rejects leaving in the three from hell because i'm sure once we all have a chance to see that one we'll be discussing that pretty soon um plus it'll kind of be you know a tribute episode like we did with uh the hitcher and rutger howard we'll do this with uh the devil's rejects and uh sid haig i think it's only fitting you know for a dude that uh did so much in uh in the horror circles that we pay a little bit of a tribute to him going back um, to
1: the early 60s even
0: oh yeah yeah he's, he's uh been in quite a he has quite a, a repertoire of uh of acting credits so that, that we can discuss before we get into devil's rejects. All right. So, uh, the IMDB synopsis for the devil's rejects is the murderous backwoods firefly family take to the road to escape a vengeful police force, which is not afraid of being as ruthless as their targets. So, uh, that's kind of a little precursor, you know, get your appetite wet for the devil's Rejects. So if you haven't seen that yet, uh, go out and watch it. And, uh, the next episode, episode 18, will uh, We'll be discussing it. So, I guess with that, is there anything you guys wanted to add about Creep Show, or, or leave us with here before we sign off?
2: Just make sure you have some cake ready.
1: <laughs> yes, and if, uh, if you're ever handling, you know, hundreds of thousands of cockroaches, better not be squeamish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen what E.G. Marshall had a uh, those bug handlers <laughs> were having to <laughs> shove those bugs up into that latex corpse of E.G. Marshall, and uh. Apparently they didn't go up the way they were supposed to and a whole shitload of them came back down on the handlers, and, and they did freak out even though they were in the
0: Yeah, that is nasty. <laughs> Alright, so with that being said, uh, join us next episode for the Devil's reject. So for uh, Smoke and Will, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show. Take it easy, guys. Peace.
1: Later, ghouls. <laughs>